Morning Teacher. I'm Noelle Pickering. On the Good Morning Teacher podcast, we bring practical solutions to busy teachers because you can love your job and leave your work at school. Join us each week to talk through tools and strategies that help you maximize your time and effort both in the classroom and at home. I'm excited to cheer you on as you face the week ahead. teachers, you're listening to episode number 25. Last week on the podcast, we interviewed Marissa McCarthy and heard not only how she implements small groups and differentiation, but also how she has found success using maneuvering the middle resources. And I don't know about you, but after talking with her, I would love to be a student in her class. If you missed the episode, you can listen at maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 24. Today, we are talking about a mindset shift that I would like to encourage you to consider for the upcoming school year. I think it's one that is really a long time coming in the world of education and probably an episode that goes hand in hand with my thoughts on advocating for yourself. In this episode, I'm gonna share some words of wisdom from a book that I read years ago, how it applies to you, your campus, and just education as a whole. So let's do it. Many years ago, I read a book called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Jim is a well-known speaker and author in the business leadership world. In his book, Good to Great, he studies a lot of different companies and different sectors and environments, and he put together his thoughts on what it takes to make a company go from good to great, hence the title of the book, right? There are several principles that he shares about in the book, but there is one that I really think applies to teaching and just life in general, and it is what he calls the flywheel effect. In its most simple form, the flywheel effect is what happens when an organization knows its mission and its vision and is committing to, committed to making small changes in the right direction over and over again. The book calls it a quiet, deliberate process of figuring out what needs to be done and then simply doing it. Now, the word picture that the flywheel effect kind of brings up is the small, consistent turning of a flywheel over and over and over again, that it will lead to the flywheel eventually picking up speed and momentum, and then it will result in the flywheel turning for you. You're not actually having to push it like you were at the beginning. And then in contrast, he explains the concept of what he calls a doom loop. And the doom loop is when you're trying something for a little while and you have these really big expected results and then you don't get that desired result. So you try something else. And in companies or schools or sometimes just life, it looks like maybe a new administrator or it might be a new um, teaching practice that the whole school is going to implement. Maybe some new initiative that's related to behavior or um, parent involvement, right? With the doom loop, you actually never gain momentum because things are always changing. So you try one thing, it's not working exactly how you want it, so you try something new. And we all know the power of momentum, right? So the tricky part is actually just deciding if the small progress forward is going to get you the desired results. And here's where I can see how this might be done well. So I'll use a recent example of mine that you may also be familiar with. Several years ago, our local Target marked off two spaces for what they called drive-up. At first, I almost never saw anyone use them. 
it seemed like prime parking spots that were taken and they didn't really seem to be catching on. Then one day my husband was out of town and my kids were taking a nap and I needed a birthday present for a birthday party that we were all attending like in just a few short minutes. And so I went to the app kind of out of necessity, right? I selected a gift and I added it to drive up. When our kids woke up, we headed to the party and we grabbed the gift in the Target drive up line on the way. And it totally changed my perspective. It was fast for one thing. I didn't have to get everyone out of the car, right? And so then the next time I needed something quick, I did it again, right? I kept using the service. And my guess is that it was very rarely used for the majority of 2019, right? But they stayed committed. They didn't expect like, oh, we're going to open this drive up and everyone's going to use it right away, right? They didn't say, oh, it's not really getting the response we desired, so we're going to cancel it or get rid of it. In fact, they probably actually had really low expectations at first, but they probably figured over time it would build. And then we all know what happened in 2020, right? So obviously, DriveUp was a huge success. Now, in your school, and your classroom, you can actually do the same thing. Was there something that went pretty well this year that you can keep using or keep implementing with some minor modifications that will make it even better? Maybe your new LMS worked really well and you want to make some tweaks or small changes to make it work better for you next year. Maybe you had a policy for missing work and that was a success. Now, I think high expectations would be that kids didn't have any missing work, right? That's unrealistic. But it does mean that maybe you were able to manage the missing work more efficiently and more effectively than before, and potentially less students had missing work than in years prior, right? The key to the flywheel effect is knowing what needs a small change in the same direction and what just needs a new direction. And I recommend asking yourself, well, what's working in my classroom? Or if you're thinking about your campus, what's working on our campus? Try and hone in on the things that are working and just iterate on them to make them a little bit better. So I'll give you an example. When I first started incorporating hands-on activities in my classroom, I noticed that the kids were engaged, they were working and learning, and I was able to help students. And honestly, I personally was less exhausted, right? So that was working. So here are some ways that I could iterate on that or I could improve upon that. Well, I could improve upon the planning. I could plan to incorporate more of these activities, right? I could improve upon the types of activities. I could plan different activities that might meet a different need in my classroom or reach students in a different way. I could improve upon my grouping. I might be more intentional in my grouping structures or my role during the activities, right? What I didn't do was say, wow, activities worked really well. That's all I'm doing all year long and eliminate some of the other things that have been working well in my classroom. And if I think of it like an experiment, If you change too many variables, you don't really have a true test. You kind of need to keep enough um, control parts of the experiment to know that you're continuing to see improvement. Now, I have to be really careful not to get on a soapbox here, but I do want to acknowledge that, in my opinion, our school climate kind of leans towards being on different ends of pendulums that are always swinging. And I think the reason is because we have such a wide variety of students with different needs and backgrounds and experiences. And really, that requires a good mix of a lot of different things, right? We can't assume that there's this one-size-fits-all box. Have you ever taught somewhere where there's a big initiative for one year, 
And then the next year kind of fades out. And by the second year, you literally wouldn't know that it ever happened. Probably, I'm pretty confident this may have happened to you. And I think one thing I want to caution you as you go into next year is to be really effective. You need to keep doing the things that are working well. In our VIP Facebook group, there has been a lot of talk recently about a self-paced classroom. Teachers are curious. It would help their students and how they might go about implementing it. We even talked to Jody in episode 20 all about her self-paced classrooms. So if you haven't been able to check it out, be sure to go back and listen to episode 20. And I think a self-paced classroom sounds amazing. I think it would be a great way to engage students and meet their needs. But I think I would try to ease into it. So you're careful you're not actually stopping doing the things that have been working well, right? So for example, a few years ago, math talks were all the rage. Don't get me wrong. A math talk is great. It's useful. It's a beneficial strategy. But I don't hear about them as nearly as often as I did back then. Does that mean that a math talk is no longer useful? Well, no, not at all, right? They're just as powerful as they were years ago. and they, So you could easily improve upon it if that's something that is working well in your classroom. You don't want to scrap something that's working well. Now let's talk about when something's not working well. So first, we need to acknowledge that it's not working well and that we're committed to changing it. We know that change is a result of consistency. If you try to change too many things at one time, your likelihood of being consistent decreases. So consider um, this as a pain point. You want to consider, is this pain point worth my time and energy to improve? And am I committed to improving it? This could be anything from lesson planning to classroom management to management of materials to how you structure your classroom. It could even be something personal like staying until 5 p.m. every night is not working for me and my family. Now you need to decide what is your goal or your vision is and start making small changes in that direction. So I remember feeling that staying at school too late and really wanting to adjust that. So I compromised with staying late one night. That made me feel better to make sure I had everything ready for the upcoming week. And if it wasn't that night, then I needed a clear plan as to what I was doing after school. And then I would just need to leave, right? So maybe going from leaving at 6 to leaving at 3.30 isn't really realistic. That's not a small change. That's a really big change. But a small change in the right direction might be to say, you know, I'm going to set an alarm on my phone. And at 4.45 every afternoon when it goes off, I'm going to start packing up to leave. Setting that timer and pushing that flywheel forward will eventually help you to gain traction and momentum towards your goal of leaving after school. Maybe that means you change the way you plan or you make a more concerted effort to divide and conquer with your team. Maybe it means you're going to invest in something to support you and your goals. Maybe it means you're going to talk to your administrator about support that you need If you haven't listened to episode number five, we talk all about advocating for yourself. And I kind of lay out a process that will help you to formulate a plan and talk to your administrator and advocate for some change that you're needing to see. So visit maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode five. It's a really powerful um, episode. Whatever your goals are, I'm confident with small steps towards them, you'll be able to gain momentum and traction and harness that flywheel effect in your classroom, on your campus, and in your personal life. So as a quick recap, the flywheel effect is similar to the concept of the snowball effect. We keep working towards the goal with small changes that will get us there, and over time we gain momentum and see big results. I cannot believe that this is the last week of July. 
I know some of you are well into summer break and some of you just started back this week. Please know that I am so happy to join you along for the journey and I will continue to provide ideas that can maximize your results and minimize your efforts in the classroom. I am cheering you on. You can tag us at Maneuvering the Middle on both Facebook and Instagram. And if you've been loving the podcast, then we would love a five-star review. It helps us to be found by other teachers. And then for all of the links, resources, freebies mentioned today in one easy place, check out maneuveringthemiddle.com slash episode 25. I'm Noelle Pickering, and you've been listening to the Good Morning Teacher Podcast. Until next time, friends, make it a great week.